Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. That was super creepy. Good. <laughs> For everyone listening at home, Jamie just made direct non-blinking eye contact with me when she said that, and it was uncomfortable. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about the fourth episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Jamie, what did you think? So it was a dead human. It was a dead human. Children did not poke it with sticks. <laughs> so it turns out that the, your prediction. the children were college aged and not younger, which is sort of what I was thinking. I was thinking like... I mean, I guess he was kind of poking her with a stick, but not in the way you were <laughs> imagining. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. That's the issue. <laughs> That that is the issue. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to come back from that. Let's talk about the dude that brings the girl back from the dead. Creepy as fucking shit. Yes, I thought so in the first uh, the first sequence where we see okay. her alive and with him together, and mm-hmm. it's like it's very clear that he's one of those. Oh, but I'm a nice guy. Oh, he's gonna be so shit. Oh, I've been friend zones, you know. Yeah, yeah. one of them, one of those men. <laughs> Which brings us to our PSA of the day, straight up this morning. Okay. We're not beating around the bush. This morning at 5.27pm. This morning at 5.27pm. (laughs) It's the mood for the day. A woman owes you nothing for being nice to her. A fucking man. Yes. Just because you're friends with her, just because you have a crush on her, just because you think you've treated her like a princess, she owes you nothing. I know. It's like just... The number of times where people are like, oh, like, I thought you were flirting. It's like, no, I was just being nice. I was just smiling and speaking in your general direction. Sir, that's not flirting. That's being a person. Yeah. End of story. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Quick note on your PSAs, because I did want to make a mention of the fact that two reoccurring PSAs, PSAs in this episode. Immediately violated. Immediately Number one, don't be on the phone while driving. It it's, kills her. It's the whole catalyst of the episode. Well, not the whole catalyst, yeah. but that's why she dies. Because she answered the phone while if she just pulled over or if she ignored the, the call, call. She would be alive. Exactly. One of those two options. None of this would have happened. We wouldn't have had no zombies. We would have had no zombie fucking. It would have been fine. But no. Zombie no, fucking is she objectively horrifying. <laughs> she did. I'm pointing it out now. She did not listen to your very clever PSA. She answered the phone while driving. And she died. And you saw the episode. So there's the lesson, kids. <laughs> and then was resurrected as a murderer. Exactly. Exactly. So that just goes to show if you don't want to die and be resurrected as a murderer, don't answer your phone while driving. Yeah. And the second reoccurring theme is men are stupid and horny. That actually is the catalyst of the episode. The dumbass cheats on her, which is a dick move to start. Stupid and horny. Root of all problems. <laughs> Not just that, but the dude that resurrects her. Also stupid, stupid and horny. horny. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's also talk about the fact it violated a third one. Mm-hmm. In that Sam's like, oh, I'll just hitch a ride. Hitchhiking, no, hitchhiking is a bad idea. <laughs> Reoccurring theme of our episodes. It's like they're listening and then openly, not only ignoring, but like attempting to do everything you say is a bad idea. <laughs> and that just makes me really mad because how dare 
the show that aired in 2005 <laughs> not have listened to my podcast that I made in 2021 about the show Same that aired show. in 2005, you know? Incredibly inconsiderate of them. Insanely inconsiderate. I was, yes. No, I definitely, I saw, I was like, she answered her phone and, like, finally some consequences for that goddamn action. Yeah, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, they have brushed it off in the past. <laughs> it's been no big deal. The brothers have answered their phone while they're driving. The victim of the week has answered their phone while they're driving. And it's like it's never caused them to be the victim of the week. There's another thing thing yeah. that makes them the victim of the week. You know, like witnesses of the week have answered their phone while driving. Yeah. Like, and it's never had any consequences <laughs> until this episode. Yeah, and I was 26 episodes in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was grateful. I was like, yes, finally, they're showing that it's a dumb as fuck idea to answer your phone while you're driving. Honestly, the f- that like whole sequence just really plays like a don't answer the phone while driving safety ad. Yeah. Like here, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but our road safety ads are pretty intense. Yeah. Also the smoking ones. Like. No one thinks big of you. What's Do that? you remember that ad series? Oh, my favourite one is those signs that just have a W and then a picture of an anchor. <laughs> and it's like, if you speed, you're a W anchor. <laughs> it's, it's like that thing where they can't put swears in public because of children, but it's just like, you just walk, you go past it and you're like, eh, wanker. <laughs> oh, see, look, I love there was an entire ad series that was about how everyone thinks you got a tiny dick if you speed. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Moving back hey, to the episode, I think is an idea. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to the start of the episode. We jumped ahead a little bit. We there. did, yeah. Only a little bit. Um, Sam buries the dog tags, and he's like, I think John would have wanted you to have these. And, like, from what I know, I don't think Mary wants them. So... I actually really like that moment because I think it's a nice thing for Sam, you know? I actually, this episode and the next couple episodes as well, like, I'm I'm glad we finally get some more out of Sam because I love him. I think he's a really great character and, like, we've mentioned before, like, the first season doesn't really do him much justice. But I think it's nice, like, he doesn't know Mary, you know, mm. at all. He doesn't remember her at all. He only knows of her what he's been told. And even Dean remembers her, but doesn't have, like, he was four. He was four. He has memories, but he didn't know her as a person. Exactly. No one knows their parents as people at four. Exactly. And so, you know, I think it was a really actually kind of a lovely moment in a way for Sam to try and connect with his mother, even though, you know, there's nothing there. And I think, obviously, knowing more as an audience, knowing about, John and Mary and Sam and Dean and as them as characters and not being there in the moment, I can understand it being like, oh, yeah, like maybe she wouldn't actually give a damn. But I think the actual scene is really lovely and I think it's a really nice – I think for Sam it's also like they don't bury their dad because it's like a hunter's funeral. They have to burn everything. And so this is kind of John's – not his funeral, but it's almost like scattering the ashes in a sense. Like it's part of that process. And especially, like, to be able to lay part of John to rest with Mary after his whole life, after her death, was just so about her. I think it's actually really nice. Um, so what you're saying is I am 100% correct. Mary does not want the dog tags. <laughs> but it's still a nice moment regardless for Sam 
as a way to connect with his mother who he never met. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> look, I said that in 30 seconds. You took, took like three minutes. Okay, to look. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what I feel it? like that's the story of this podcast, though. I'm like, yeah, this was shit. And you're like, ooh, but this. And I'm like, here's a five-minute rant about why it's slightly less shit than you think. <laughs> um, actually, on that note as well, did you pick up on the fact that when they're talking about in the car about going to see Mary's grave and whatever, and uh, Dean is like, what, we're going to go look at a slab of stone that was put by up by a stranger? Like, did John not even organise her headstone? Like, what gets me is they said that it was their uncle. And it's like, did yeah. you never meet your uncle? Also, they don't have an uncle. Not a blood-related one. Nowhere else. John and Mary were both only children, according to later canon. Which means that this so- uncle has to be like a family friend. That they just called uncle. Because they don't have an uncle. What if it's not the uncle at all, but rather the Yellow-Eyed Demon? Did I just play your mind a little bit? Because you look like I, I hate that <laughs> so much. Um, and you won't understand why for a while. <laughs> no, I don't think it was the demon. But yeah, it just, it baffled me. I was like, oh my God, I've never picked up on this before. They don't even have a fucking uncle. And also, was John that useless? Did he not even, like, because even if you don't have like a body to bury, there's usually some kind of ceremony like a funeral or whatever yeah. that you have. Did they just not do that for Mary? Did they not? And, like, they, they were, for all intents and purposes, like, normal people before this. Like, yeah. Before John found out about the supernatural, like, from what I can tell, he was meant he to was be. He was civilian. Like, he was a civilian. Well, like, he was in the um, Navy, but. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a civilian in terms of the supernatural rule. Yes. Yeah. So there's no reason to not have a normal funeral service because as far as I know, he doesn't find out about the supernatural till like till post Mary's death. Yeah. And yeah. like, cause her death is the catalyst. You would assume that it was at least a couple of weeks after Mary died that he found out about the supernatural. And yeah. it's like, normally you have the funeral within the first couple of weeks. Like yeah. you don't yeah, wait exactly. like two months to have the funeral. Yeah. Like, unless there's like that's, extraneous, is that the word? Extraneous? Yeah. Extra- circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Or unusual circumstances where they don't find the body or the they're not sure that they're yeah. dead or, you know. They're not sure that they're dead. Like if they're just missing. Oh, I thought, I, what? I thought you meant like a coroner's report was just like dead, <laughs> question mark, like time of death, unknown, like no, I mean not in, yet established. I'm meaning in situations where they haven't, Found the body. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant someone looking at a dead body being like, I don't know, maybe they're still Where they're alive. just missing. And even if they are, like, actually um, dead and therefore it's still technically, like, yeah. months after they died, but they don't get declared dead until It's not, like, later. seven years. You have to be missing for seven years before you're assumed dead, something like that. I have no idea. I've never looked into that, Bethany. I don't think... I feel like I heard that some, like, a, a long time ago. I have no idea where... It's probably on the internet, so it's probably wrong. No, I feel like I was talking to someone about it. Like, I feel like maybe there was, like, a missing person or something in the paper or, like, on the because news. Because that makes it more factual. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying it's factual. I'm just saying I heard it somewhere. But I think I remember, like, maybe there being, like, a story about it in the news somewhere and then maybe my one of my parents, maybe? I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. While we're still on the topic of the graveyard. Yeah. Did you notice Dean, like, looking at the random grave where it was, like, um, 
uh, loving father at rest or whatever it yes, was. Yes, I misread the gravestone at first, oh. and I thought I said loving father at best, and I was like, <laughs> oh, so is this where John's buried? Um, because of the font, it looks like it's it's an R. Like I like after I looked at it for ten seconds, I did recognize it as an R versus a B. Yes. But like I thought it said loving father at best, and I thought it was meant to be John's gravestone. That's like so just funny. because they gave him like a hunter's funeral, like okay, Mary's not burnt. Like Mary burnt to death. There's nobody. She's not actually buried there. So I thought maybe they just put up like a matching headstone next to Mary's for John. Oh, that's so funny, Jamie. The fact that you thought they would put that on the headstone is so funny. Um, <laughs> but no. So I misread it the first time I saw it because they sort of like just pan and then they like they pan out a little bit and you can see like the name and I'm like, oh no, that's it's, it's Donald is not John. No, yeah, it's it's not that. And I was like. But I was also like, maybe the set designers were having, like, some fun. Imagine, actually, this whole time John's name was actually Donald and they were calling him Don and everyone just misheard and so he became John, kind of like how I'm Stephanie at work. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Or, like, um, Larry Gergich from Parks and Oh, yeah. (laughs) Larry, Gary. Oh, and again, Sam. Yeah. Does not believe in coincidences, this boy. Never. He just... He's like... They, they don't exist. Not in the sense where he's like, nothing is a coincidence, everything means yeah. something. He's like, I don't know, Dean, sometimes grass is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, oh, <laughs> uh, And after, like, Meg and, like, being like, I don't know, Dean, like, I don't know. But, yeah, like, Sam's so easy to, like, write off, like, dead grass in a perfect circle. fucking circle. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not just, like, it's a patch of dead grass over, like, the casket or something. Then it could be, like... You know, maybe the coffin was leaking some sort of yeah, uh, like whatever they used Embalming to tr- and stuff, yeah. treat the body or the casket in terms of preparing it for burial. Like, burial, like I would understand that if it was just like a patch, like a red. But this is like a perfect circle. Yeah, yeah, and like it's not just the grass as well. It's like the flowers that are mm. on the grave that would have only been put there three days ago, and it's like yeah, they would have like disintegrated a bit, but they wouldn't look. They look like potpourri. Yeah. Like that's like at least a good couple of weeks worth of drying. You know. Yeah. Um, actually, I love when they go to speak to Doctor Mason, who yeah. I genuinely feel really bad for this guy. Like he just loved his daughter, and he lost his daughter, and now. These two dudes keep coming and fucking bothering him. And especially when Dean, like, yells at him, like, later in the episode. Oh, anyway, I'm sure we'll get to that. Let's talk about earlier, the first time they meet them both. Yeah. both, like, I think it was Dean says, like, oh, she really was beautiful. Like, what a weird fucking thing to say to a grieving father. I actually, I think it was Sam, because, see, he was looking at the photo album with him. And, I mean, I guess, when I listened to it, I was like, seems a bit odd but like also I think like when people die like in my experience anyway it tends to be like a oh like oh look like they're they're so beautiful in this photo and like you know that kind of thing but that's not what he says he's like oh wow she was so beautiful which while we're talking about photos they break well Dean breaks into her apartment and Mm. runs into the but that's not what I want to talk about we'll talk about that later I'm assuming at some point god this is a huge roundabout episode yeah but he, they're like he's looking at the photos and like there's just a picture of like her mm. like the victim like there's just a picture of Angela her name was yeah. Angela there's just, she's it's her apartment and she's just got a picture <laughs> of herself I don't know about you I have like a bunch of pictures like around the house and stuff yeah. and like 
Some of them contain me, but none of them are just pictures of me. I think I have... It's weird to have, like, a single, like, big framed photo of yourself. That's fair. I was going to say, I think I've got some around the house that are just me, but in saying that, that's because I've got, like... In that kitchen, we've got, like, a mural. It's not, like... A singular framed image. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, part of a collection. Yeah, whereas it's, like, it... It's like a single, it's a single framed photo of her. Yeah. And like, yes, I think there's two other frames behind it, but they're behind it. Yeah. (laughs) The picture of her is both the biggest photo they have in that array, and it was also in front of all the other photos, which are group shots. Unless maybe the roommate put it there as like a, because I know that some people um, who I've known in the past, like, if they have a friend or a family member or someone who passes away, they do this thing where they put up a photo, um, like a really prominent photo that's usually just of them or like maybe them and like one other person and they'll like burn a candle or something like overnight and it's like part of the, like for their family, that's just like part of what they do. So I don't know if maybe it was meant like that. So do you think the roommate like went to like Kmart or something and was like one hour print, <laughs> like I just need like this big ass photo of my roommate who just died Yeah. so I can get it framed? Yeah. No, I wanted to talk about... Yeah, sorry, I completely derailed your point. That's okay. I wanted to talk about the first time when they're seeing Dr. Mason and, like I said, this poor man, like, he's been through enough and these guys are just showing up and, like, being weird. But Sam and Dean having this, like, argument between themselves during, like, while they're interviewing the doctor, like, you know, Dean being like, oh, you know, when you lose someone close, it almost feels like they're still around. And he's like, yeah... It does feel like that. And Sam's like, That yeah, is normal. That's completely normal. <laughs> like, you know, and they're having this back and forth argument and between they're themselves. To, like, yeah. Use um subtle meanings, etc. of like double entendres. Double entendres. And, and, yeah. And, like, I just thought it was really fun. And it's it's another thing that I appreciate about like the duality of Sam and Dean where they are kind of opposing each other so often. Mm. Like they are a team. But they have enough opposition that you get moments like this where they're like, no, you're fucking wrong. Like, you know, you're reading too much into this or you're not reading enough into this or, you know, and it's fun to get like little moments like that where they're clearly at odds with each other. And like, it's almost that sibling rivalry of like, I'm going to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. (laughs) But also like Sam should just let Dean have his fucking coping mechanisms. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All he has to do is make sure that Dean doesn't do something that can't be undid. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, all he has to make sure is that Dean doesn't hurt anybody and doesn't, like, you know, say something to somebody that's going to mean that they, you know, discover the supernatural or whatever. Like, all he has to do is support Dean and make sure that if this is a case where they are not relevant or needed, like, it happens. But, like, the least he could fucking do, even if he thinks it's not a case is work out why it's not a case. Yeah. And prove that to Dean so that they can move on. Like, yeah, it's weird, like, to just sort of... The thing with Dean is that his grief manifests as anger. Mm. And that is something that is true the whole way through. It's actually, like, an important part of season 15, like, part of his character arc in that season is him addressing that. And... I mean, spoilers, I guess. It's not, like, a huge plot, so. Mm. But it is, like, it's something that he actually verbalises and he's like, you know, 
um, I don't know why I get so angry and like that's a whole yeah. monologue that we'll get to that's at some point. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, it's something that is, it continues with his character. Like he just, he grieves through anger and Sam is interesting because he, he's angry, but that's not how it manifests. Like he, Sam intellectualizes and you kind of see that here where he's like playing psychologist and Dean's just like, let me feel my shit. And Sam's like, but you have to like, let's, let's talk about it and stuff. And Dean's not at that point. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's just pissed off. Like Dean just needs something to be able to work through. He needs a problem that he can solve so that he can feel in control again, so yeah. that he will be in a place where he can process his emotions. Yeah. But before he can process his, his before he can process his emotions, he needs to feel like he has some semblance of control because otherwise he's going to keep putting it off. Yeah, and, like, Sam's trying... To Sam's credit, he's really, really trying to help. Like, he's trying to get through to Dean and he wants to help him. He wants Dean to open up so they can share the burden because he can see that, like, obviously... Oh, like... Dean's going through a lot and he can see that there's, you know, he doesn't want to see Mary's grave and he doesn't want to talk about dad. And like, you know, he knows that Dean is struggling and he wants to help share that burden. But then you've got Dean whose whole thing is, I have to look after Sam. I have to look after Sam. I can't burden Sam because he has to be the like parent figure and when you're a parent, you don't put your shit on your kids. Okay, so parents shouldn't burden their children with their shit. What's your opinion on John Winchester then? You know my opinion on John Winchester. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I am not a John apologist. I'm not a John apologist in the way I'm not a Snape apologist. I'm like, you can do a good thing. That doesn't make you a good person. And it absolutely does not negate every other fucking shitty thing you did in the lead up to that one good thing. Like, people being like, oh, you know, John just did his best. Or people being like, oh, but Snape was just in love with Lily. I'm like, these are not... That doesn't mean they weren't assholes. That just means they had, like, singular redeeming things. And even in Snape's case, I don't understand how being in love with Lily is supposed to somehow make him, like redeemed i'm like he was still a dick always oh don't even <laughs> start it anyway you know and i i have the same opinion of john i'm sure he did good things can't think of any right now but none spring to mind <laughs> but that does not make me think that he is a good person you know and i enjoy john as a character i think he's very interesting and he is very complicated but i don't think he was a good person i do not think he was a good father That's which makes you wonder sense. where did dean learn this from because he's the father figure let's face it dean is both mother and father to sam yeah but he didn't have a father figure himself to learn that you don't burden your children so like where did dean learn it from you don't know bobby very well yet no so they had more to do with Bobby you growing up than I know of at yes. this point. Okay, yes. that's all right. I was just like, okay, well, like, that's all well and good. And, like, I, I see, like, the whole, like, Dean is a 
parental figure to Sam, or at least he views himself as a parental figure to Sam, which means that he doesn't want to share the burden with Sam because that would burden Sam. Yeah. And that's something that he is mentally not capable of Sam is his doing baby. Yeah. in terms of, like, he could not justify it to himself in his brain to burden Sam with more things. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't do it because he can't. Like, it's a mental hurdle. He can't. He can't share with Sam because that would burden Sam and then that would negate the whole, like, gotta protect Sam at all points thing. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think I've mentioned briefly before how Dean and Mary are much more similar than Dean and John. Mm. And that's another one of those points as well. So Dean had that relationship with Mary even when he was a little kid. Um, And that definitely had some impact and you will learn more about Dean and Mary as the show goes on and also obviously about Bobby and his relationship with the boys and with John as well and Mary's relationship with John actually so you'll get to see sort of where I'm at with those but it'll take probably another couple of seasons I think to get more of an understanding there at least by the time you get to season five you'll have a much better idea but then even later seasons you'll get a better idea again okay that was really heavy let's (laughs) move on to something that's less heavy when the boyfriend like just before the boyfriend who was cheating on angela kills well matt matt yes his name is matt when matt's sitting there just before angela goes and kills him he's sitting there watching like this home movie that's like she's beautiful and candid and smiling for the camera and like i see this all the time in like tv shows and movies yeah if I was to die, there is none of that. I know. I'm just like, when do they film this? Like, I know. I've got, like, videos of me that, like, my friends have taken. It's always me doing dumb shit, and I never know they're filming me. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. It's so unrealistic, and it's so funny. And also, I kind of hate this particular episode is really bad for it, but, like, reducing female characters down to, like, just what they look like and then giving them zero personality. Though I do fully support her, like, need for vengeance. Yes. But, yeah, like, her, the whole thing was like, oh, you're so beautiful, you know, you're so beautiful. I'm like, oh, my God, tell me something other than what she looks like. Mm-hmm. Tell me she is so funny. Tell me she's really good at geometry. You know, <laughs> like, give me something. And then even her, like, roommate, her best friend, like, Dean's, like, interviewing her. And she's like, she was just so great. She, you know, she was just, she was so great. And then it gets to a point where she was like, she was just so, and he's like, Right? right? And she's like, yeah. And it's like, fuck. Like, did this woman have a personality at all? Or do you guys just ignore her every time she's in the room? Every time she opens her mouth, are you just like, not important? Just Oh, pretty. Oh, pretty. Irrelevant noises, you know? <laughs> but not yet. The video thing just got me. I was like, it happens so often. And they're yeah. always like, you know, effortlessly gorgeous uh-huh. and like graceful and like they're having a great time and they're like laughing. And the one that always gets me is there's a moment they're like, oh, stop filming me. Yeah, she's like running away from the, she's running behind the train. She's like, stop it. I hate you. And he's like, no, you don't. And it's like, look, that stuff does happen. But 
the reality of it happening, like, even videos where, like, I've had, like, a significant other take a video of me and it's kind of like us mucking around and, like, being, like, silly like that, it never looks attractive. It's always, like, they always start the video because you're doing something where you look stupid. Yeah. So you've got, like, I don't know, like, a mud mask on or, like, yeah. you know, you're Hairs stuck in a, a ducky like, towel. Yeah, or you're, like, stuck in a shirt and you can't get it off and you look like a chicken, like, or a T-Rex. Like, <laughs> that, that's why you start those videos. Like, <laughs> they're never... They're never just like, oh, we're at a picnic and I'm just going to start filming you for funsies. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Weird. Although one thing I did really love about that scene was I really liked the effect they did with the plant shriveling up yeah. and dying. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that it actually aged really well. Yeah. I thought it was pretty comparable to the third Harry Potter movie when you have the Dementors move through and it freezes all of the... Wow, I'm talking about Harry Potter a lot this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but when... Um, this week's episode is sponsored. sponsored by not J.K. Rowling, because fuck her. And she would disagree with a lot of yeah. our opinions. <laughs> she'd probably love John. She'd be like, oh, he was fully redeemed. What are you talking and about? And I take pride in that. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty, like, akin to when the Dementors move through and you see the, like, um, I don't know what the plant is, but the pink bell-looking flowers, they all no freeze idea. up. Yeah, you know, you know the ones. Maybe. You know, in the third movie. I haven't watched the third movie since I binge-watched all of them in one day with you. Dude, that's so long ago. Also, for anyone who cares, it takes 19 hours, approximately, to watch every Harry Potter movie back-to-back. And you back to can back. do it. And if you have two days to spend, you can watch every single Harry Potter movie back to back to back. Ask us how we know. <laughs> and then the next day, you can watch all three of Harry Potter musicals back to back to back. Ask us how we know. <laughs> or don't. That was a traumatic 48 hours. <laughs> that was a great day. It was. We had so much fun. Oh, we were sleep deprived. We were. <laughs> this is before we had, like, adult responsibilities and shit, though. Yeah, so, like, I don't even know. I don't even know when that was. We would have been, like, 16 or 17. I was going to say, we would have both still been in high school. Yeah. Anywho. Okay, moving on. That. <laughs> um, also, I love that she murdered him. Yes. <laughs> yes, queen. She's just girl bossing, you know? like Girl bossing all over the place. Exactly. It was an effective use of girl power. <laughs> exactly. No, here's the thing. Should she have killed him? No. Ethically, obviously, no. However... He was a dick, so I don't feel that bad about it. (laughs) She should have killed Neil who resurrected her, though. She did. I know she did, but she should have killed him sooner. (laughs) Because, like, let's face it, he resurrected her as an object. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't resurrect her because, like, he missed her or, like, he wanted his best friend back or, like, it wasn't genuine grief. He resurrected her because he wanted her to be in love with him. Because he's like, stupid and horny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't out of, like, a genuine sadness that she was gone. It was out of sadness that, oh, I was so nice to her and she never liked me back. Yeah. And it's you know, just like, shitty. And it's, oh, it sucks because it's like... You want to believe that everyone has the best intentions, you know? And it just, people make it hard to believe that. You know, it just, oh, it's shitty. I'm sorry, but is there a moment when, like, Sam's waiting in the hotel room when Dean's like, I'm going to, like, go have a drink alone? Yeah. Is Sam sitting there watching porn? Yes. Yes. Who sits and watches porn like that? 
like I'm sorry, but what? I love that your problem is not with him watching the porn, but just like what about it is weird for you? Is it the position he's sitting in? Is it the fact that he's just staring intently at the screen? He's What's- just staring at. <laughs> Do people just like watch porn for fun? Like Jamie, I, I mean, think that's yeah, exclusively but- why people watch porn. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> is he watching it for like the storyline or something? Like. <gasps> Because he's just <laughs> sitting there. He's so engrossed in, you know, the narrative of the woman making a salad that he completely misses the two guys fucking in the background. Exactly. Like, because <laughs> it doesn't look like he's, like, masturbating or anything. He's just, like, sitting there. This is not the discussion I thought we were going to have about this episode. <laughs> it's a valid question. I'm sorry. Answer- Do people just watch porn for fun? Quote Jamie is so funny. <laughs> and also, have you? This might be a stupid question. Have you never like? It's occurring to me that this is probably not a universal experience, but like, have you never had a friend go, "Oh my god, I saw the weirdest porn. I need to show you." No, because <laughs> that has happened to me on multiple occasions. I literally Your experience is not universal, Bethany. I literally had a friend who was like, "We, I see a group of my friends on Christmas Eve every year. It's just what we've always done." And one year they come around and they're like, you guys, I have to show you this really weird porno. And we were like, well, what are you talking about? Puts it on our TV. And it's literally like Grinch porn. Like it's Christmas themed, but it's like the Grinch and then like some of the Who's from Whoville. It's... Which then begs the question, how did they find that? And what were they searching to find that? Probably just weird Christmas porn. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. But <laughs> I, yeah, look, it's burned into my retinas. I cannot escape it. Like, don't, like, I understand that people watch porn. Like, that's not, what's not a new concept for no. you. Yeah. What's baffling me is he's just, like, sitting there watching it. It's like, do people watch porn like they'd watch, like, Supernatural? Like, is it just something to, like, fill the time? I just remembered there's, like, a plot-significant porno later in the series. Like, <laughs> I just remember, oh, that's so funny. Like, and it's actually plot-significant. Like, they're given a tape and they have to watch it. Like, <laughs> You still haven't answered my question, though. Oh, wait, what was your question? <laughs> Why so is lost. he just sitting there like that? I don't know. Dean wasn't there. He was bored. Men are stupid and horny. <laughs> I love when Dean walks back in and he just like looks at Sam, looks at the TV, and he's just like, awkward. It's <laughs> not the that's not the conversation I thought we. What had. conversation did you think we would have? Well, I thought this scene we would talk about Dean being super passive passive aggressive and how funny it is. Him walking in and being Sam being like, "Did you find anything?" And Dean being like, "Oh no, nothing really. Oh, except her boyfriend is now also dead." Yeah, slit his throat. But that's normal. So, uh, you know, nothing to worry about. Definitely not a case here. You know, and Sam's like, all right, you know, fucking, that's obviously weird. Like, we'll look into it. And Yeah, no, that's not what I fixated on on that scene. That's what I thought we'd be talking about is Dean's passive aggressiveness and Sam reluctantly agreeing maybe we should look into something here. Not Sam's weird porn preferences. (laughs) It's, I... They've obviously tried to make it a joke. Yeah. But, like, it it's just so weird. doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> like, who is like, mm, I'd, I'm kind of bored. I'm just going to sit here, watch porn, 
and do nothing but just sit here and watch it. Like, <laughs> actually, you're right. The weird part is he's just yeah, he's, he's just sitting there watching it. Like it's like a soap opera or something. Like Supernatural has a weird relationship with porn. There are multiple like like from what I know, that's not the main purpose of porn. No. Supernatural has a weird relationship with porn. And, and I understand they wanted to make a joke about it, but, like, surely there was another TV series that it wouldn't be weird for Sam to be just sitting Sam's there watching. watching Law and Order. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, Sam's watching fucking Oprah or, like, Ellen or, yeah, like, a daytime TV talk show or he's watching, like... He's learning about the salad chef. Or he's, like, fucking... <laughs> Countless other things that would be dismissed as, like, girly or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Sam could have been watching and it would make more sense because, like, obviously they're not going to have, like, Dean walking on Sam, like, cranking one <laughs> out. Like, that's not the sort of show it is. But, like, there the are... hand gestures that no one will see except me. My gift to you. <laughs> Oh, God. But, like, obviously he can't be sitting there, like, you know. Yeah, obviously. Because they have to have Dean walk in, and it's not like he's, like, in the bathroom or something where there's, like, a door. You know what I mean? This is so fucking weird. Um, Yeah, no, Supernatural and porn, like, actually thinking about it, there are a number of, like... But he's just sitting there. (laughs) There's actually a number of scenes where, like, they... They make a joke out of Dean using this, like, one particular, like, magazine and this one particular website, and it's, like, it's inappropriate. Like, the fact that it's a porn joke is, like, one thing, but they use this particular, like, I think the magazine is called, like, Busty Asian Beauties, (laughs) which is pretty fucking dicey. So it's both sexist and racist. Yeah. Double and whammy. I know. Supernatural sweet spot. Yeah. And it's like, they continuously use it too. And it's like, through the later seasons, where it's like, it it was never excusable in the first place, but it becomes less and less so as you realise that this is going into like 2020 and they're still using it. When it's like, guys... You can no longer plead ignorance when yeah. the fetishization of Asian women has become a prominent topic of discussion in the media. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to have a joke about it in 2005 when it's still not acceptable, but it's not widely discussed. Yeah. It's another thing for it to be widely discussed and to ignore those discussions in favour of making a stupid joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, like you said, there's like a million other jokes you could make, but they weirdly always go back to that one. And it's like, bro, I don't know to how be fair, though, okay with that. I'm pretty sure the porn that Sam's meant to be watching in this episode is also vaguely racist because it's like Mexican housewives or something. Like it's... Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure it's like... Not objectifying Asian women, it's objectifying Latino women. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I'm not rewatching the episode for that single moment. But I'm pretty sure, like, you're not gonna go back and and rewatch the Sam awkwardly watching porn when Dean walks in scene. I thought that was, 
I thought that was peak supernatural, Jamie. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like, because it has, like, the, like, the announcer over, mm. like, yeah. you know, like, coming up next is, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it was, like, a title that was something like, yeah, you know, so, Mexican Maids or some shit like that. Like, it was a great big yikes moment. Mm. Mm. Big yikes. Swinging wildly away from that. <laughs> Um, and back to the implied necrophilia. <laughs> I guess Are you that's, sure that's a I massive guess, swing away? I, I guess that's just where this episode is. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this is what we ended up talking about. Um, when they've figured out that Angela is alive and well. Not well. When they find out that she's undead and kicking. Okay. Literally. Um... And Dean's like, well, we have to burn the bones. And Sam looks at him and he's like, Dean, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, what? She was buried last week. There are no bones. It's not bones. It's like a fully full fucking corpse. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> and Sam's like, my point is I don't want to see a corpse. <laughs> and I, I look, look, I'm on Sam's side there. I wouldn't fucking want that either. But, uh... I guess that's just life, Sam. Speaking of one-liners in this episode, Neil, it's your grief counsellors. We're here to hug. <laughs> I know. I Yeah, I love that line. I wrote it down, actually, because I wanted to make sure I remembered it. So, And I just love the space between where Dean is like, we've come to hug. Like, he doesn't know, like, what he would do yeah. if he actually was like he's like oh we've come to check on you we've come to talk he's like I don't know we, we, let's huh? hug <laughs> you know I just I think that's so freaking funny okay so I think we need to delve a little bit into uh, Dean's guilt in this episode yeah because he says the same line like over and over again like slightly different variations but it's like the same line of like what's dead should stay dead yeah and it's like Dean should be dead. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at the end of this episode, they actually have, like, Dean and Sam have a conversation. They do. About how, oh, they say the line, um, it wasn't natural. And I'm like, you could almost make a show out of that. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't natural. Yeah. Not natural, ain't natural. Every iteration thereof. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't natural. You're right. And I think you actually mentioned when we were talking in the first episode of season two, I think it was, we were talking about Dean already being on borrowed time because of being healed in faith. So at this point in the series, Dean technically should have died twice already. Yeah. And so the fact that the first time, uh, was it a jogger died so that Dean would live, something like that? and So that John would live? Uh, so that Dean would live the yeah. first time. So the first time Dean almost dies, obviously she has the Reaper trapped. And she sicks the Reaper on the jogger to transfer it to Dean. Um, so he's already on Bolleroo time at that point. And then in the first episode, John so, dies so that Dean, Dean can be lives. saved. Yeah. So and it's a very similar situation in that it's a Reaper that kills John so that Dean can. It's it's a life be, for a life. It's still the Reaper though. It's not the Reaper's choice though. It's never the Reaper's choice. Yeah. The Reaper gets possessed, possessed. by the demon. demon. 
Dean is so guilty and you can see that in the way that he just keeps on saying like what's dead should stay dead yeah and actually quick quick point dean is not actually guilty he is feeling guilty because guilt implies that he did something to cause the death which is not correct but he feels guilty because he feels like john's death is his fault and it indirectly is yeah he didn't make the decision for john to die just like he didn't make the decision for the jogger to die exactly he didn't make the decision, which probably doesn't even help his guilt because then he, on top of feeling guilty, he feels powerless as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like a double down. Double down. Like he can't win. He, he can't win. Like he is feeling helpless and powerless because he didn't have a choice in it. But he's also feeling immense guilt because him surviving is the reason people died. Yeah, exactly. And I think just because he didn't make that call himself, but also he doesn't know that John made the decision himself. Like, yeah. he he can't even justify it to himself that way, knowing, like, oh, like, I survived because John chose to sacrifice himself for me and have it be, like, that sort of guilt. No, no, no. He, he just knows that there's something sus. Yeah. And, and that John died and he lived when he should have died and John should have lived. Yeah, and you were right. At the end of this episode, there is the scene where Dean actually pulls the car over and he gets out and, you know, you know it's going to be an intense discussion when he stops driving and gets out of the car and it's like, right, you know. And um, they sit on the hood of the Impala and, and they're talking. And, yeah, Dean actually says, I was dead and I should have stayed dead. Like, it's not just about other people dying and staying dead. It's about me. I was dead. I should have stayed dead. And then they discuss about how it's pretty clear that John's death was really sus. And, you know, I think Dean says, you know, I had this miracle recovery and suddenly dad's dead and the cult's gone. And like, you can't tell me. There was no connection. Exactly. Like it's, and they're right. Like they don't know what happened, like you are saying, but they know something happened. And it's a pretty safe assumption for them to think that the demon is somehow involved. And, Interestingly, earlier on in the episode, uh, when they're leaving uh, Angela's dad's house after they've confronted him and there was the whole thing about Dean yelling at him and it was very uncomfortable for everyone involved. Um, Because he was not the one who decided that necromancy was the way to go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And Sam actually says to Dean, you shouldn't have to do this alone and you're the only one who thinks you have to. And... By God, is that a Dean, like, thesis statement right there? Like, Sam's nailed it on the head. Which is, Dean is... Impressive s- for law boy at Stanford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Dean is suffering. And everyone around him can see that he's suffering, knows that he's suffering. And they all want to help by taking on some of the burden. Like we were saying before, Sam wants to share the burden. They've lost their father. This is a burden they should be sharing. But between Dean, like you say, feeling guilty because he in some ways blames himself for John's death, you know, and then tossing the fact that he feels like he can't talk to Sam because Sam is his pseudo child. And this is an interesting sort of mirror between Dean and John. Whereas when John lost Mary and he had his children he put his burdens onto Dean. Dean 
has now lost John and refuses to put his burdens onto Sam. And so I guess it's less of a mirror and just more of a like... And it's like a funhouse mirror. Yeah, it's like... Similar situation, but different reflections. And both of their, like, grief, like, John and Dean, both of them with their grief... Yes, I I know you're really appreciating my uh, hand gestures. Like, both of them are grieving through anger and through a need to, like, hunt. You know, like, that's their driving. They're like, okay... And similar when Sam lost Jess, that's what really drove him back into hunting was that wanting that revenge, you know. And I guess there's similarities in that sense, which are interesting. The one last thing I want to touch on before we move on from this is a quote from Dean. And he says, when someone's gone, they should stay gone. You don't mess with that kind of stuff. And again, this is going to be one of those quotes that's really interesting to come back to after you've seen a little bit further into the series and actually even just like season three. So it's worth bearing in mind that sort of mindset and that opinion. Jumping into the lore for a hot second, which always a fun time. We love some lore. Some lore. Sam and Dean are in the car and they're talking about how they can take down Angela. Yeah. What What was she called? Was she... Did they, they, they gave just, her a name, didn't they? I feel like the they monster? just called her like a zombie. I can't remember. I feel like maybe they They did. referred to her as a zombie. I know that much. I don't yeah. know if, they I don't know if that's maybe zombie. like slang. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, point is, they're talking about Angela, how they're going to re-kill her, I guess. Yeah. And Sam is talking about like what he's read up online and like how to like, they must have given her a name. The different legends and that, that surround. Yeah, um, the undead essentially. Yeah. And Dean's like, oh, is there anything they have in common? And Sam immediately says no, but some said silver, which means that actually, yes, they did have things in common. I think and it's the silver. And then he goes on to say, I heard that and it didn't spark any red flags to me because all I thought was that maybe there's like, you know, 20 different rumours, 20 different myths. Yeah. And like maybe five of them say silver will work. But also, like, not enough of them to say that it's, like, a common recurring theme. It's just, like, of the themes. I think it was actually really good thinking on Dean's part luring Angela to the cemetery Mm. by saying to Neil, like, oh, we're going to do a ritual and, you know. It'll kill her permanently. Like, she doesn't need to be there. We just need to, like, disturb her deathbed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, obviously that's not what they're doing. They need her to be there to stake her into the coffin, which gruesome, by the way. Like, he really had to drive that into her, and she looks like a person, and she's like writhing, and it's a choice. Yeah. It's not like when they, like, I don't know, kill a monster and it's like very clearly not human. Yeah. You know, or like it explodes into dust in a very non natural way. (laughs) Though. I'm I'm kind of really curious because, like, the people that she's killed so far are people who wronged her in life. Like, Mm. if they hadn't managed to kill her, would she have killed Neil and then sort of that been it? Or would she have continued killing? Like, would she basically think up imagine slights for people who she wanted to kill regardless? Like, I think it probably would have become – because 
they talk about her being like very volatile and like the thing is like don't make her angry so i feel like it would have probably been even if she killed like everyone who she could have possibly had grief with before she died i think it would have become a point where like she'd just be walking around and someone would do something that would piss her off and she'd just kill them Mm. you know like how angela came back was similar to a vengeful spirit except she had a corporeal form instead of coming back as a vengeful spirit it's like she had a vengeful spirit and then they did the necromancy ritual and it shoved the vengeful spirit back in the body yeah so she became a vengeful zombie (laughs) yeah Um, Also, I wonder, because she was dead, I wonder if she would have begun to decompose. Yeah. And then just have been wandering around like an actual zombie, how you'd imagine it, with, like, bits slopping off and stuff. I don't know, though, because she does sort of recover and heal a little bit from the silver bullets, which, like, straight up don't work. I don't know why they kept on trying that. I don't know. It's It's like like you're just trying to piss her off or, like... Oh, and the fucking silver, like the, uh, not necessarily silver, but the scissors Mm. in her chest. Whore. That, Mm. gross. (laughs) When she, like, pulls it out and it's, like, that little bit gooey but, like, not blood and it's, like, oh. I kind of wish, though, that had been, like, faster. Mm. Yeah, because it's, like, she she does it, like, really, like, slow. Yeah. And it's, like, I kind of wish that it was, like, this moment that was, like, really, like, blink and you'll miss it. Like, so rapid and, like. I think that would have just made it scarier, if that makes sense. Like, I understand, like, sort of, like, the the slow... Tension building of the scene. But I think it would have built more tension, like, like if it was faster. Yeah. It would have felt like the girl was in more danger. True. There was less time for Sam and Dean to show up. Show up, yeah. And it just sort of, like, it was like, oh, did that slow her down? Yeah. Also, like... How fucking traumatised is that girl? Because she's uh, the roommate is the only one who survives. Mm. Like, Matt dies, Neil dies, but the roommate lives. Yeah. How fucking... How much therapy is that poor woman having? You can guarantee she's never going to be the other woman again, though. Look, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She learned her lesson, mm. I would say. To be fair, though, anytime there's a situation where it's like a dude cheats on a girl with somebody else like it's the dude's fault like don't get me wrong takes two to tango all that sort of stuff but i think you were more guilty if you were the partner cheating than if you were the person who they are cheating with yeah true although in this instance it's also her like best friend well you assume like very close friend and roommate so it's like a double betrayal on both sides yeah so it's like Like, the two people you should trust trust most most. yeah so don't get me wrong like she's still guilty i just don't think she's like as guilty as as, he is yeah yeah there was a different there's a different breach yeah like they're both breaching her trust but like especially when the other woman doesn't know that the other woman Mm. you know like in that instance it's like never that person's fault actually I kind of love, as much as it sucks when people get cheated on, I kind of love those stories where the, like, other woman meets the original woman and they, like, become friends and then, like, dump his ass. Like, yeah. you know, I love that. I'm like, yes, ladies being ladies. Anyway. <laughs> what does suck, though, is that, you know, through the whole episode, there's a lot of emphasis on how Angela was just so great and she was so wonderful and everyone loved her and she was she just was the, so sweet. She was just so the nice. bestest. And even Dean, like reading her diary, he says, like, this girl seems like too nice. Yeah. You know, like she's too perfect, she's too good. And she probably would have been in heaven 
when she died. Yeah. But because he resurrected her and then she murdered people and then she was killed again, she probably went to hell. I, I was thinking about this because because it is her soul. Yeah. So it's still the same soul. Yeah. So I think she probably ended up in hell, which is so shit because she didn't deserve it. Like when she was brought back, she wasn't brought back as who she was as a person. And so she should have been weighed in life and death on who she was as a person. But then she was still the one who made those decisions. She just wasn't making those decisions as she would have in life. Like in life, she wasn't going to murder anyone. No. But in death, you know, it's complicated and it's messy. And I just, I hate, I hate, I hate that it's likely that this woman who was a genuinely good person is probably suffering for eternity because some fucking white boy was stupid and horny. And decided that it doesn't matter. Yeah, and had to resurrect her. And, like, what was his fucking plan? Just keep her in a basement for the rest of life? Like, what was your long-term plan? Also... What about this person who, for all accounts and purposes, was, like, so sweet and loving and kind? What about her made you think that she would want to be brought back as a fucking zombie? Here's the interesting part, though, and this is what comes up in Supernatural a lot. It's nothing to do with what the person who's died wants. (laughs) It's to do with what the person who was left behind wants. And actually, a really interesting... Did you ever watch Buffy? Yes. You know when she... Spoilers if no one's watched Buffy. Um, when she dies at the end of season five... And she, she goes to heaven. And she then goes she to heaven gets... and then they resurrect her. And she has that whole arc of being fucking miserable because she was pulled out of heaven by her friends and her friends think they did something good so she doesn't want to tell them that they actually fucked up real bad and she's fucking miserable because she was in fucking heaven and And now now she's back on earth which is like it's it's not bad but it's also not fucking heaven yeah she's like um in the episode i actually just watched this with my roommates not that long ago um once more with feeling and i think she says like there was no pain, no fear, no doubt till they pulled me out of heaven. Like, I think I was in heaven. Um, and, you know, she talked about, like, now I have to suffer. Yeah. But, you know, like, she's stuck now. Like, they raised her back and she's like, well, I guess I'm alive again. But fuck, you know, like. I, Life I was... is hard. I have so many responsibilities here. They expect me to do so yeah. much. But also, like, I was in heaven. She's like, I'm just so tired. And I thought it was over and it should have been over. And what's dead should stay dead. Yeah. But you guys couldn't live with that. And so now you've made it my burden that you couldn't handle your grief. And yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that it comes up a lot in these types of shows because they often do have resurrection, resurrection that and, is and, possible. and the concept of life after death and you know um Yeah, so it's it's very it's an interesting concept and especially like we were saying earlier, the the theme of what said should stay dead and the perspectives on that and how they change throughout the seasons and between characters is definitely an evolving concept that it's going to be interesting to watch unfold. Okay. I've made all my points. Do you have anything else to add to this episode? Uh, I don't 
think so. I think I actually covered everything. Okay, so I think that just about wraps everything up. Jamie, how would you rate out of five this episode? Children shouldn't play with dead things. Okay. I always forget to rate it in my brain before we talk about this. <laughs> so I'm just making shit up on the run, just in case you thought there was any, like, big logical thought process that goes into these ratings. I just think about it and what my gut says goes. I'm going to give it, like, a three stars. There were too many things in this episode to make me uncomfortable to give it any more because there are some things that I really enjoyed. I did like the lore they built on the uh, whole resurrection thing. Mm -hmm. Horrifying as a concept. But also there were just too many tiny man babies in this episode for me to give it anything more than three stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also they completely disregarded your health safety advice on multiple fronts. Yeah. So I think it's going to have to be three out of five stars, pretty middle of the road, like yeah. not great, not terrible, average episode of Supernatural. Perfect. Okay. And the next episode is called Simon Said. Do you have any thoughts, predictions, hopes, dreams, fears? So Simon Says is, of course, a children's game where you have to do anything that Simon says. Yeah. So my money is on... Someone who can control people using their mind, and their name is Simon. <laughs> so really on the nose. Yeah, really on the <laughs> nose. Um, though in the vein of Supernatural, maybe this person is somebody else that the demon targeted. Oh, another one of the yeah, psychic children? Because, like, mind control is a psychic power. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Well, let's keep that in mind for next time then. Um, and other than that, um, I guess we'll just let you know where you can find us if you have any desire to interact, which, side note, we would love you to interact. Please do. Um, you can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. And I reckon you should send her suggestions for what you think would actually be on Jordan's headstone, other than uh, loving father at best. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what do you reckon should or would be on John's headstone? What would you put on it if you were to, like, yeah. marry John and like, make his headstone? What would you engrave on it? <laughs> but if you want to interact with Beth, she's over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. And, like, she obviously doesn't know anything about their uncle. So just, like... <laughs> mystery Uncle Winchester, yeah. Mystery Uncle Winchester. Send her what you know about the uncle, okay? What are your headcanons? What are your headcanons? <laughs> Clearly she's missed something if she doesn't know about the uncle. Like I would love headcanons about mystery Uncle Winchester. What do they look like? Find some stock photos, send them through. <laughs> like, what do they look like? What are they like? What's their name? Their whole backstory. Their whole backstory. Are they on Mary or John's side? Like, Who knows? <laughs> if they're not mentioned in later seasons, why aren't they mentioned in later seasons? What family drama went down to get the uncle disowned by the Winchesters? Oh. I she wants this. all your juicy goss. I want that hot tea. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, that just about does it. So thanks for listening and we hope to see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.